Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of The Stoop. And it's a holiday today. It's St. Patrick's Day, one of Jeff Perini's favorite, favorite holidays. <laughs> I'm your host, Jonathan Raggett. Alongside me is always the shark, Jeff Perini. Jeff, it's St. Patty's Day. What are you drinking tonight? Tonight, Stone Pale Ale. Uh... And a uh, a modern American pale with Mandarina Bavaria hops. Great story. Uh, hey, Not man. really an Irish type you know, of beer. Though. You know, uh, Jeff the Shark O'Perini. It's his holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's his holiday. Well, you you've been on the holiday for the last what week now? You were down in Florida, and you're you're back up in this cold, wet Northeast, man. Yeah, I don't it feel was. Uh, now it was awfully sunny down there. Got up to. Uh, 90 was the high, and uh, got burned, but had a great time. Everything was great uh, down there. And again, thanks to uh, everybody that uh, had me and uh, super nice people you meet down there. And I'm happy to be home now. Awesome, awesome stuff. Well, you're, you're home just in time because tonight we have a great, great show lined up. we got lots to talk about, and then joining us later, we're going to get into a little pro wrestling talk, and joining us is Buff Bagwell former WCW and WWE professional wrestler. We're going to talk to him a little bit about what's going on in his life and his career right now, his career in WCW, his short stint in WWE, and a little bit more. We're really, really looking forward to that. Um, really nice guy. Um, if, if if you know professional wrestling, you know Buff Bagwell. He's just one of those names that has always stuck, Jeff. Absolutely. Yeah, great star, uh, great charisma, a big smile, and built well in the Nice to see my fiance go, wow, that guy's on the show? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. he's got the looks. <laughs> Plus, I remember playing with him on WCW versus NWO World Tour and Nintendo 64. Do you remember that? Absolutely. Awesome. That was a great game, by the way. That was a great game, yeah. And, well, yeah, those times, NWO times, the WCW in those late years with, with Buff and the whole NWO, that was some of the best wrestling ever. I love that stuff. I miss that stuff, man. I, you know, the whole NWO thing, I mean, that really was just, you know, something we never seen in professional wrestling before. And then, of course, you know, the whole Monday Night Wars, absolutely miss it. To me, I still watch wrestling from time to time, but I kind of think uh, Vince McMahon killed the business with, uh, you know, choir and WCW. Unfortunately, you know, it was going out anyway, it looked like. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a sh- – it's really a shame that there's not another company – that could stand up to about the same level, even if it's a little bit underneath it, like W uh, like WWE did. And, I, and back then, you had WCW and ECW both fighting against WWE. So that was, at that time, it was three different organizations, which, man, do I miss the 90s. I really do. All right, man, let's get into a, a few uh, points of discussion for tonight. First off, uh, unfortunately, we had another death uh, rock the world. We had a couple, actually. Uh, Robert Horton from uh, TV show Wagon Train passed away, 91 years old. God bless him. Um, didn't even know he was still alive, so it's 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 amazing uh, when when you hear these names pop out. Um, the uh, voice of Lady Penelope from the Thunderbirds, uh, I, I believe it was Sylvia Anderson. I could be wrong. If I am, I apologize to the family and friends of her. She passed away, 88 years old. And then we had the news overnight that while on tour, Frank Sinatra Jr. passed away at age 72 from a massive heart attack. Um, it's it's crazy when you see all these names just start dropping off, Jeff. You, you you wonder, man, you can't believe these people are getting that old. But then you turn around and think, wow, it's because we're getting old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Frank Sr., of course, old blue eyes. Uh, Frank Jr., uh, young blue eyes, 72 years old. That even seemed crazy that he was that, uh, that old. But uh, it's sad. Um, Sinatra family, uh, Frank Sr., Frank Jr., um, the name is legendary in, in American history forever, Sinatra. And, uh, yeah. Sad, and, 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 you know, you, you got you to give him props because he knew he was always going to be in his old man's shadow. Um, and instead of, you know, fighting it and instead of going against it, he kind of embraced it. I mean, he he, he had the voice where singing, he kind of sounded like, you know, a poor man's version of Frank Sinatra. But, you know, he, you know what? He made a career out of that, you know, and you got to give it to him. Um, he's the same 72 years old, really not that old. Um, but you know, unfortunately, uh, Frank Sinatra Jr. is, uh, no longer with us. So our, uh, thoughts and, and condolences are, uh, with his family and friends. Um, 
just crazy stuff, man. All, all, all these deaths, it's just like, you know, the Grim Reaper has got its hold on 2016, and they just keep on coming, unfortunately. So, so our message yeah. tonight to the Grim Reaper, slow down. Slow down. There's a lot of slow people. Down. Don't worry about it. Unless you, uh, unless you get Kanye's address, then, uh, you know, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put that on the air. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, before we get into the next point of discussion, I just read this, and I got I to gotta say this to you because I want to see what you think. Pornhub, the website, says leprechaun searches have jumped more than 8,000% St. Patrick's Day 2015. What do you think of that? Do you think people like to see leprechauns having sex, or what the hell is that all about? That is probably the weirdest thing I've ever heard, leprechaun having sex. I mean, <laughs> every, every guy looks up midget. You know, because you want to see midget, what they do when they stand up, and I'm not going to get in too much detail, because the fiance will hear it and suddenly look at me weird, but leprechaun sex, is, that is some crazy stuff right there. Crazy. Uh, and and the typing on the keyboard you hear right now is our very own Jeff Perini on Pornhub typing in leprechauns. Uh, that's <laughs> It's just, it's, it's uh, I don't know, man. You know what? Listen, I'm all for people if they want to get off on something, have a good time as long as it's nothing illegal, nothing disgusting, whatever. But leprechauns, come on, that's 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 weird. That, that's probably just leprechauns really weird. With, uh, leprechauns with animals. You don't imagine the kind of stuff that people. I, I mean, know. you know what? You're not even, you know. I mean, listen. If you want to type in Santa and Easter Bunny, I think that's all good. But the leprechaun, come on, man. I don't get it. Well, and the Santa thing is easy. Girls sit on the lap. They beg for things for Christmas. That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, there are a bunch of ho ho hoes, so you know, good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk about everything here on the stoop, including Pornhub searches. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into a uh, into a little uh, sports talk here. Adam LaRoche, first baseman who has played for the Braves, who played for the Nationals, and currently the Chicago White Sox, uh, walked away from baseball and retired, leaving thirteen million dollars due to him this season. Due to the Chicago White Sox basically banning his son from the clubhouse, White Sox players insisted during meeting that GM Kenny Williams stay out of their business, and the players actually considered boycotting Wednesday's spring training game in protest and support of LaRoche. Let me ask you your opinion first, Jeff. Um, I'm I'm a father, so I kind of you know I go back and forth on this. I want to hear what you have to say about this first. Do you think? that LaRoche is being too hasty by retiring and he should have listened to the White Sox? Do you think the White Sox was too hasty in telling LaRoche, even though it was agreed upon between the manager, Robin Ventura, and uh, I can't remember who else it was, but some of that, one, of, one of the higher-ups that they said, yeah, he can be in the clubhouse and that Kenny Williams should have stayed out of this? Where do you stand on it? Um, really, every time you go, especially like the All-Star game, the All-Star week, you see kids all over the field. You know, the, the fathers bring the sons. And that the kids do bat boy duty and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't really see the harm in spring training game. Um, LaRoche having his kid there. Uh, here's a guy that went out and got a guy with a big bat, a guy that's nice to have in your lineup. And, you know, sometimes you get athletes that complain about the slightest of thing and what they can't have and how you got to baby them to get them on your team. And here's a guy that just wants his kid in a, lot, in a dugout, which is not, to me, not a big deal at all. And they, they fight him tooth and nail, and now it could be the end of his career. I find it absolutely ridiculous. I think White Sox should be ashamed of themselves. I really do. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. Um, as listen, as as a working person, um, I can see that yes, it is a business, and I can't take my son to work. But then again, where I work and where Adam LaRoche works are two completely different sides of the ball, literally. And as a, as a parent, I see. You know, it would be nice to be able to bring my son to work from time to time. Now, we've heard certain things where some players went and complained about this, and then we heard in a meeting that pitcher Chris Sale went ape nuts over this and cursed out Kenny Williams, and it was a really just uh, a, a, I don't I don't want to say a violent meeting, but, you know, curses were hurled back and forth, and the players are, are pissed off about this because not only do they like Adam LaRoche, they like his son, too. His son has his own locker next to his father's. Now, if it's okay with the manager and Robin Ventura, and it's okay with the coaching staff and most of the players, these are the players that live in the locker room. It's their clubhouse. The GM, barely there. It's, it's I don't know. It's, it's, it's a real touchy subject, and I don't think we've heard the last of this. I think we're going to get deeper into this, uh, depending how this all plays out, especially 
if more leaks out from that players' meeting. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm 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 fifty fifty on this. You know, if a business tells you you can't bring somebody to work, you can't bring somebody to work. But at the same time, it's not your job, Jeff, and it's not my Jeff. It's Major League Baseball. You know, these guys are getting paid gajillions of dollars, and it seems that they have a, an open policy up until now. I mean, he was bringing his son to games for the last few years. And you know what? His son's going to be 15 years old. It's not like he's six years old. He's running around a clubhouse. He's getting in people's way. I'm sure his son's sticking by his father's side and hanging out with some of the players that he considers probably his uncles. You know what I'm saying? So it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I really don't I, – I, I can't sway – 100% either way, or even a little bit over 50% either way, but man, he left 15 mil, uh, excuse me, $13 million on the table at his age. You have to wonder if this gets overturned, even though he signed his retirement papers already. If this gets overturned, do you see him returning? And if he does, do you think he goes back to the White Sox? And should they sign him back to another $13 million year deal? Because at his age, you know, they're probably going to try to half it, and then we're really not going to hear the end of it. Oh, absolutely. It's a big can of worms. Um, but like I said, you, you mentioned a name, uh, Chris Sale, one guy on the team you don't want to get uh, under his skin. And, you know, there's there's players and, and guys who have stuck up for him. And uh, I, I don't get it. I don't know why a team would, would do this to an individual. Uh, I think in the long run he comes back and maybe there's going to be some apology words and something. And when you said about bringing your own kid to work, yeah, this is entertainment. You've got 40,000, 50,000 50, people sitting in the seats watching entertainment. Yeah. What's the big deal having his kids sit there and watch entertainment? It, it, I, it's you know, a shocker. I was trying to hear it. It's, you look at Dusty Baker's uh, kid when he was the bat boy during that Giants playoff run, yeah. and he almost got ran over by uh, – oh, man, I can't remember who the hell it was now. But anyway, his I mean, that kid was uh, too tiny, and I'm sorry he shouldn't have been on the field, especially during a heated playoff battle like that. That you could see them eventually banning a kid, that's fine. But a kid who's just going to be sitting there and hanging out with his father and he's in a clubhouse, not bothering anybody from what it looks like because the players are standing up for Adam LaRoche. Bryce Harper came out in support of him. I think Kenny Williams kind of jumped off base here. And, uh, you know, like the players are saying, um, they, you know, they insisted that he stays out of their business and stays out of the locker room. So we're not going to hear the end of this, Jeff. No, no way. There's going to be more that. What was that? Not anytime soon. It's no. going to grow legs before it goes away. No, not at all. Um, before we get back into the uh, sports, look, I, I I have to bring this up because I wanted to bring this up uh, at at the top of the show, but I forgot. Um, there's a conspiracy theory type thing going around that um, somebody is trying to say that Ted Cruz is secretly the front man of Christian metal band Striper. Did you see that? I sure did, and um, yeah. the, uh, the lead singer came out and uh, just like really sweet. blasted. Yeah, he blasted the media for it and <laughs> made a big joke how if, you know, if he's Ted Cruz, then the whole band is somebody. One member's Trump and one member's Hillary, and they really played it off great, but uh, the, the picture is uncanny. They are it's, like it's, twins. It's funny, the picture they used of Cruz and the picture they used of Michael Sweet, their faces are in the exact same position. It's absolutely funny. I mean, we've already heard that he could possibly be a Chinese government spy. Um, he could be the Zodiac Killer, was one of the other uh, theories going around. And now he's Michael Sweet of the Christian metal band Striper, which is just freaking hilarious. It made me laugh as soon as I read it because I know of Striper, I know of Michael Sweet. So as soon as I read it, I just I, I laughed out loud. It was absolutely funny that somebody put this theory up. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, I mean, you heard the other theory that Katy Perry is uh, Joan Benet Ramsey or or whoever else that was. Like I can't remember if it was exactly Joan Benet Ramsey, but that's what they're saying that that's who Katy Perry is. So people have a lot of time gets, in their hands, man. Yeah, the stuff heats up. I mean, for you still get people to stay trying to say that uh, Paul from the Wonder Years is Marilyn Manson, and that is just so far <laughs> from possible. You know, I mean, this stuff grows legs and just keeps on going. It's it's crazy. Hilarious, though. If I remember when that happened, that was that was some good times, man. Thinking that poll was uh, Marilyn Manson. Good. Yeah, good we all want the poll. Yeah. All right, getting back into a little sports talk. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is being stripped of his power to discipline players. It, with Roger Goodell's track record, I think this is a very good move, but. Have you seen a commissioner be ever be stripped of his power to discipline 
his own players? Is this a step forward of getting Goodell out of the National Football League, Jeff? Very strange, uh, very strange decision. Uh, Goodell has very big footsteps uh, to follow in. I mean, we had, uh, you know, Paul Tagliabue for years and, and Pete mm-hmm. Ruzel, and the NFL has always had great guys in charge and not bigger than the game. And you start to see where Goodell is making $34 million a year, and he's, he's his discipline is all over the board. And a guy like Greg Hardy uh, plays, and a guy like Ray Rice, uh, sits and might be done, may never even hear from Ray Rice again. There's no continuity, and then, uh, like, the suspensions to uh, guys like Josh Gordon, and it's all over the board. There's no... Well, and you know pattern. what? Don't you know what? Don't forget the fines to guys like D'Angelo Williams for for wearing cleats that, you know, is, is is honoring his mother who survived from cancer and everything, too. I mean, he's... Sure. Sure. It, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think uh, Roger Goodell is ruining the game of football, to be honest. The business I mean, I, gets big. It, it still you know. sells tickets. Uh, people still watch, but he, he's got a control issue. I. Yeah. Oh, he does. I, I. I really do not think that this guy knows what's right and what's wrong when it comes to certain things. Um, did Did Ray Rice deserve to sit? I absolutely think he did. I mean, what Ray Rice did was absolutely despicable. But if you're going to hold a player like that to that level, then a player like Greg uh, Greg Hardy. And players that have done a little bit worse than that, they need to be held to exactly the same level, if not a little bit more than that. It's it's you know, it's okay to treat a player with extreme measures, but if something else happens with another player that's along that line or even above that line a little bit, you 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 got to go in there, man. Freaking fire hazard extreme measures there, man. I mean, you got to really you know just you know take it to these players and give it to them. But to let a guy like that play. And others sit. I mean, this guy really does just not know what the hell he's doing. And by the way, his middle name is Stoko, just so you know. Yeah, I saw that today. <laughs> I saw that Roger today. Stoko Goodell. Um, it's 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 a fitting middle name for Roger Goodell because it's it's just as pretty stupid as he is. So unbelievable. But now. Can you see Roger Goodell being ousted as commissioner eventually? Because it doesn't look like – I mean, if the NFL and the NFL Players Association are are, deal, are doing this deal without him involved in it to strip him of power, you would have to think that eventually those two could get together to oust him out of here. It, it could happen. Uh, unfortunately, it took forever for uh, Major League Baseball to get Bud Selig out of there, but, you know, uh, pretty much – Well, that's because the owners so. loved him and he was making the owners money. Right. But, uh, I mean, Goodell's making them money, but it's just the direction of the discipline and the direction of the credibility of the game that is lacking. Uh, it, it's it's gotten out of hand the last few years. Uh, too much press on players and bad news. Not enough press on players and good news. And you just said, like, right there, D'Angelo Williams just wanted to wear sneakers honor his mom. He's getting fined. That guy should be celebrated, not fined. I agree. I agree. You know what? There should be things where you say, yeah, you know, we're going to allow that. You know, you know, we can be lenient with something like that. Same thing with Adam LaRoche and his son over in Chicago with the Major League Baseball. That's something I think you should be lenient with because not only are you hurting your team by doing stuff like that, you're hurting your fan base. And when you hurt your fan base, eventually, and I'm waiting for fans to brighten up, it's going to hurt these people's wallets. And uh, that's when you're going to see some things Really, really just hit the fan. Uh, let's jump into a little NBA talk here real quick. Uh, Kevin Durant, we've heard that uh, he's intrigued with the Boston Celtics. We heard a rumor today that uh, the San Antonio Spurs could be interested. We heard the Warriors are interested. Um, where, If you could just throw it out right now, Kevin Durant, where do you see Kevin Durant going? Because you know he most likely isn't going to resign with Oklahoma. Where do you see him going? I was never a huge Boston fan growing up being a Sixers guy, but uh, I'd love to see him go to Boston, bring back a little more juice to the uh, to the East besides you know LeBron James. A uh, guy like Durant in the East, especially with a nostalgic team like Boston, I think would be perfect. Um, you know, San Antonio has been there, and they've had the names. Uh, Golden State, of course, has it all. I, I would love to see him come out East and, and – and trying to get Eastern basketball a little more back on the map. Everything is the West, and all the dominant teams and the players seem to be out West. So I'd like to see him go to Boston. That that would be a great thing for the game. Yeah, I I think, you know what, man, I think 
Boston's playing some good basketball right now without a star. Isaiah Thomas is just lighting it up. Um, yeah, you know what? It would be really, 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 really interesting to see him go there. I think uh, that would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, I don't see him fitting in with the Spurs. I don't see him fitting in with the Warriors. They are two completely different teams. Um, you know, he's got to go somewhere where he could possibly be the man. And his best bet is Boston. I mean, you know, I would love to see him with my Knicks. I, that's not going to happen with Melo around. That's just how I feel. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's going to be a fun, fun, fun NBA offseason because there's going to be a lot of players that could be going into a lot, a lot of different places. So we'll see how that goes. Um, sticking with the platform here, uh, we, we I just learned of another uh, celebrity death. Uh, L.A. law star Larry Drake uh, passed away today at 66 years old. He oh, played. Um, he played uh, Benny on L.A. Law. Don't know if you know about it, but if you see him, known face. He was. Um, he was in the horror movie Doctor Giggles in 1992. Um, yeah. He was in the movie Bean with Mr. Bean in '97, I believe that was. And then he was Natalie's dad in American Pie too. So if you see his face, you would know him. But yeah, he passed away uh, today. He was found dead by his friend in his in his Hollywood home today at 66. So. He was it's another a, he was uh, a big big guy in Dark Man. Yes, yes he was. Yes, yes he was, and he was also in Karate Kid. I don't know if you remember him in Karate Kid, but uh, he was the guy in the beach that uh, threw out the racial slur to Mr. Miyagi when he chopped the beer bottles in half that was sitting on his pickup yeah. truck. <laughs> yes, yes. See, I, I, see, I remember these things, man. I remember these things. So crazy stuff. Um. Cannonball Run. They're going to make a remake of Cannonball Run, one of the most amazing movies ever made. To me, a legendary movie, an iconic movie, a flawlessly perfect movie, and they want to remake it. Do we, should they touch it, Jeff, or do you think don't touch it because a movie like that, you just can't make any better? The um, the whole cast and, and the Hollywood names were just great. That Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise and the Dean Martin and uh, mm-hmm. so many great actors in it, and of course uh, Adrian Barbeau. And uh, but are you going to get this kind of actors? Are going to make it great? I mean, it was true comedy. Them guys set off each other and made it a good movie. And it's so much going to seem like too too scripted, even though you know the original one was scripted. I'm sure, but you know Bert and Dom DeLuise probably had their little bit of uh, mix up in there to make it a little more fun. So uh, oh yeah, yeah the remakes. They're out of hand. Remakes yeah, they're, they're just getting nuts. Uh, you know, listen, I don't mind if you take a movie that wasn't so great and you think you can make it a little bit better. But when you start talking about movies that, to me, are just too perfect to remake because you can't get any better than that, these are one of those movies. Even Cannibal Run 2, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, like you said, Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, and then you got all these cameos even in the second one. Frank Sinatra was in the second one. You got all these, uh, you know, uh, you know, Mel Tillis was in it, uh, Terry yeah. Bradshaw, you know, Bradshaw. just so many of these big names. It was one of those things like uh, it's a mad, mad, mad world where they were just able to scoop up all these big names at the time and drop them into a movie to do one. But to do two would have been unheard of with all of those stars, and they were able to do it. Um, nothing beats Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run 2. Same way, I believe nothing could beat the original Arthur, nothing could beat Mary Poppins, nothing could beat the original Total Recall, um, nothing could beat Roadhouse. But these are all movies that, unfortunately, Hollywood wants to remake because they're running out of ideas, and they think that they can make a perfect movie even better, but I guarantee you it's not going to happen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to suck. It's gonna, I'm sorry. It's going to absolutely <laughs> suck, and it's going to... You know, really just put a damper on, you know, I, I, I won't watch it. I, I, I won't even touch it. I didn't watch the, the, the remake of Arthur. I thought it was sacrilegious to remake it, especially with Russell Brand. Um, you, you know, just just can't. Just can't do it, man. They got to stop with the remakes. Just, they got to stop. Here's one I saw today. Uh, TV commercial for the television series of Rush Hour. The Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan movies coming to television. Yes. And oh. It looks so bad. So well, bad. they're they're making a TV show out of um, Lethal Weapon now, and playing Danny Glover's part is Damon Wayans. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it was some Austra- uh, I think he was an Australian guy, but some Australian guy playing uh, Mel Gibson's part. I've never heard of him. He was in Twenty Four, and he was in other movies, but he's going to play M- Mel Gibson's part in the uh, Lethal Weapon TV series. So, 
I don't know, man. They got to stop, dude. They got to stop. Uh, sticking with movies real quick um, before we're joined by our guest, Buff Bagwell. Harrison Ford, is he too old for another Indiana Jones movie? Because it was announced that Steven Spielberg is coming back along with Harrison Ford for a new Indiana Jones movie. Jeff, is he too old for it? Should they continue going? Do you think people are actually like, oh my God, Harrison Ford's back for another Indiana Jones? Or is it, oh yeah, Harrison Ford's back for another Indiana Jones movie? Where do you stand on it? I love Harrison Ford. I'm one of the biggest Harrison Ford fans ever. I believe, even if you watch the Star Wars movie, the, the Han Solo thing, just too old for it. I mean, it, it was good to see him in it. It's good to have some, some flavor from the old movie, but the Indiana Jones thing, just watching the way he was as Han Solo, it's definitely wiped out, unless he's just kind of a consultant for a younger guy that's going to do all the running and, and all the, you know, discoveries. But uh, for him to take the lead, it, it's going to suffer. I just... I... Man, I, I don't know. I don't know why they got to continue going. I don't know why you can't just leave something alone and not touch anymore and be satisfied with what you made. It's always like you got to keep going, keep going, keep going until, you know, eventually nobody's going to want anything to do with Indiana Jones anymore. I mean, that's how I feel. You know, Jesus yeah, Christ, look yeah. at all the Saw movies. I mean, were they, were they going into the eighth one now that they're talking about making? Oh, my God. It's... You know, you know, it really yeah. baffles me, and I'm, and I'm not saying this about Indiana Jones because it was it was a phenomenal movies, phenomenal franchise. But why is it that when you got one good movie, a great movie, they barely ever make a number two, but when you got terrible movies, they make fifteen parts of it? <laughs> I could ask um, uh, Freddie and uh, Jason and all them guys, all those horror movies. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, look, you look at Nightmare on Elm Street. First one was good. Second one was good, you know, up until Dream Warriors was good, and then you keep going. Same thing with uh, with uh, Friday the 13th. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, Jason in Manhattan, Jason on in space, Jason here, Jason there. It's like, come on, man, come on. And then, and then all the remakes of Halloween, too. How many freaking remakes of Halloween yeah. we're going to get? Yeah. And and this coming from a guy who's who loves it. I mean, I, I absolutely love Halloween. The first one was great. Second one was great. Hey, I love the third one, man. Nobody likes Halloween three but me. So it's you know, but they got to stop remaking these movies, man. They really do. It's about time they uh, start. You know, there's there's so many good young screenwriters out there and independent filmmakers with these original ideas, and and these movies are so good, and they can't get the time of day. But then these guys are gonna float millions upon millions upon millions of dollars remaking a movie that's gonna suck. I don't get it. Agree. I don't know. All right, man. Real soon, we're going to be joined by our guest, former WCW and WWE wrestler. He's buff. He's all the stuff. Marcus Buff Bagwell is going to be here with us on the stoop to talk some pro wrestling, something Jeff and I love. So we're stoked about it. And you know, all the ladies are listening in, Jeff. Oh, yeah. So you might lose your fiance to Buff tonight, man. It might just happen. (laughs) Oh, so, yeah. Eh, well, then you can drink a little bit more tonight and relax on a nice, big, comfy bed all by yourself. Um, before we join by Buff, let's do our top five list real quick. And tonight's our top five favorite wrestlers growing up. Jeff, you started off real quick. All right, top five guys growing up. The uh, the Saturday afternoon uh, programming, if you will. Uh, number five, Jake the Snake Roberts. Love Damien, love the snake, love Jake. Wasn't a big muscle guy, but sleek in the ring and, and fun to watch. And a good guy on the mic, love Jake Roberts. Uh, number four, the hitman, Bret Hart. Uh, back then, he wasn't the ultimate superstar. He was a tag team guy, the Hart Foundation. Mm-hmm. Such a technically sound wrestler, loved Bret Hart. Number three, now I'm going to do the voice. You know, yeah, brother, you got to <laughs> love Macho Man. You know, Macho Man Randy Savage. As a young kid, my first crush was Elizabeth, and Randy Savage was the ultimate bad guy. You, you had to hate him, but he was so good, and it really made you hate him even more because the guy was so good at his at his skill and um, great on the mic. Love Macho Man. Number two, uh, the WCW uh, Sting. Uh, we talked about NWO and that black and white Sting was amazing, but the original Sting was great too. The California kind of looking dude, the surfer guy with the blonde hair, and you know I always like Sting. Number one for me, nobody rocked the ring for me like the Ultimate Warrior. Oh uh, yeah. The music played, came flying down the ring, bouncing himself off them ropes, and just strong and powerful, and the face makeup and the hair and Ultimate Warrior is my guy. Loved every second of the Ultimate Warrior. Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. Well, 
my top five. I actually got a tie at the, the fifth spot. Um, I have a lot of runners up, so I had to throw in a tie there. Um, tied for my fifth spot, Bam Bam Bigelow. There was nobody bigger, nobody that can move like Bam Bam Bigelow when I was a kid, and uh, just always, uh, you know, just fell in love with him from the moment I saw him, uh, right up until he was in ECW. Um, you know, sad that we lost him so young. Uh, so God bless uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Number five, British Bulldog. Um, just another guy that was so big, watching him move in a ring. It was just, you know, unlike anything else that I've ever seen. Just always thought he was just such a uh, an underrated guy. Um, it, it's, you know, that's a guy I wish we could have saw win the uh, world championship just once before, unfortunately, he passed away as well. Number four, the macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah. Got to go with it, man. There was nice, and and just like the other guys, there was nobody like Macho Man, and there's been nobody ever since Macho Man. Um, and another guy we unfortunately we lost too young. Number three, the man, Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. This guy was everything from his in-ring persona to the way he can work the mic to his movies, man. I mean, they live one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. Uh, Hot Rod has always been a, a huge staple in my household as, as a kid. Uh, my parents loved him. My grandparents loved him. My friends loved him. It was just, you know, it, it was just, just Hot Rod, man. He's he's the man, and unfortunately, he's gone too. Number two, like you said, nobody rocked the ring like him. Ultimate Warrior. Um, just just adrenaline, man, from when the music pumped, from him coming out, shaking the ropes. Nobody better than the Ultimate Warrior. And number one, my favorite. Of all time, just somebody I always just connected to, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, we got to see some amazing, amazing matches between Steamboat and Savage, Steamboat and Flair. Uh, you, you know, to me, if you look at my list of top ten all-time matches, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is probably in three to four of them. So, yeah, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is my absolute number one pick uh, for my top five wrestlers growing up. So, to recap real quick, Jeff's uh, top five, Jake the Snake Roberts, Brett the Hitman Hart, Macho Man Randy Savage, Sting, Ultimate Warrior at his number one spot, me, tying the fifth spot, Bam Bam Bigelow and British Bulldog, number four, Macho Man Randy Savage, number three, Hot Rod, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, two, Ultimate Warrior, one, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Jeff, some of my runners up real quick. I got to throw these out here. Hulk Hogan, just because, you know what, Hulkamania was running wild, man. It was just a big thing. No matter where you looked, Hulk Hogan was, whether it was on your TV in a wrestling ring, whether it was on your TV in Suburban Commando or, uh, you know, some of his other movies. He was on wrestling bars, uh, ice cream bars. He was on trading cars. He was a, he was a pillow. He was action figures. I mean, you know, he was the guy. If, if, if you weren't playing with G.I. Joe's, or Thundercats or He-Man, you were most likely playing with your big rubber. Drop him on the tips of his toes. Watch him flip over Hulk Hogan. Or that Hulk Hogan doll was beating up Order of the Toys. Definitely. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Ted DiBiase, another guy. Um, you know, oh. when back, back in the 80s, you weren't really supposed to like the villains, but Ted DiBiase was a big guy um, back then. Junkyard Dog, another guy I absolutely loved. Dusty Rhodes, God bless his soul. And Stinger, who we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, and we'll actually bring it up tonight because he's going to retire uh, real soon, so we'll bring that up to our guest who's going to join us right now. And joining us live is the man. He's Buff. He's all the stuff. Buff Bagel. What's going on, Buff? Hey, what's going on, guys? We're doing hey, real good. Thanks for joining us tonight, man. We appreciate it. Awesome. Man, no, my pleasure. My pleasure, man. Yeah. We were just talking about Sting real quick. Um, I don't know if you heard through the the uh, rumor mill, because that's the way things work now, but it looks like he's going to retire due to his uh, neck injury. You wrestled with him. You've known him. Um, it, you know, I was going to ask you this later on in the show, but I'll just bring it up so then we can get to your career. With Sting going out, is this pretty much the death completely of WCW now? Um, I mean, as sad as it is, yes. Yeah. Um, with With, you know, with WCW with what, you know, Vince could have done with it. It would mm -hmm. have been many years to come before there was a death. But on paper, um, from what happened and Vince doing the way, you know, the way he chose, yes, this would be what I would consider yeah. the death of WCW. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys around still. Could Vince do something with? Absolutely. 
but on paper and logically and theoretically, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the death of WCW. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a damn shame. Um, that's sad. And that's sad. I mean, it really is. I mean, uh, I mean, just, just everybody. I mean, just. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten forty thousand uh, Twitter followers in six weeks. I have got because I lost action with my domain name mm-hmm. and didn't get the time. Somebody bought my domain name and tried to sell it back to me. And I told, you know, shut up, and I, well, I went and got, I went out and bought a four dollars ninety five cent domain name and set <laughs> out and just just really sat down myself and just dug into it with me mm. and my manager and you know what we we actually did something that I've always done but I've never done it in social media. We actually gave a shit mm. and we cared. And mm. it came through like flying colors to the fans. And they responded, and we literally, that's no exaggeration, I got, before you can check my, you can check my followers, I think it's around, I know I saw 30-something last time, so it's at least 35,000 followers, and yeah. I got about 30-something thousand on Instagram, and I swear to you, if you do any kind of backtrack that people can listen and tell you this, that was all done in about six weeks, because Marcus Buffback was only six months old. So, okay. that's unbelievable, not, not really, <laughs> yeah. I'm 46, but, you know, the domain Marcus Buffback is six years old. So, I mean, six six weeks old. So that's crazy for that response. My point oh, yeah. being, it shouldn't be the death of WCW, but it is, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 amazing how it's been so long since WCW is gone. Um, it's been a long time since, you know, the fans who are watching the Monday Night Wars really got to see – um, you know, guys like even you in the ring and on TV for a long sure. time now, but it shows you how relevant you guys still are. Um, it really it, does. Know. I mean, dude, listen to me. I, I am in 16 cities this month. Yeah. I don't even get that. I don't even understand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I'm saying that and being honest with you, as you all know, I'm very honest. I'm very, yes. very open book. Mark Bible like it is. And, Mm. Some people like that and some people don't. And that's where a lot of my heat came from. The ones that liked it loved me. The ones that didn't like to be told what it was, I got heat. But honest to God, I've always told him what he was. And and truthfully, when Marcus Alexander Bagwell mm-hmm. used to say stuff, it was cool and everybody understood it and it was neat. And man, Bag was cool. And then when Buff Bagwell started saying it, he didn't say it no different. It yeah. was just take different mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. now you're somebody a little different. Now did you hear what Buff says? You know, and Buff was saying nothing, no different. But yeah. since Buff back was now, now was taken out of context a little bit. So you know how it goes. It just goes to the flow. But still, that's where the internet thing came from. Yeah. I mean, if I ever met me, they'd be like, "Oh, man, you're actually a really nice guy. You're very humble." And I'm like, "Read the don't read the, with the internet, bro. <laughs> they they kill me on there. Don't go there." No, so, I, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because you know what? If you go there, to yeah. a restaurant and you know one person has one bad experience there, it, you know they throw it out there, and everybody's like, "Oh, this restaurant's sure. absolutely terrible. Let's not go to it." You, you know, if absolutely. you have one bad experience with a person who's who's a really nice, humble person, and you know could have had a bad day or took you know take, taking your words and twisting them out of context, sure. you know that and, goes on your and, reputation. And, and this, this is actually a pretty good example, and it's a and, and it's one that's very simple. I can remember, I swear to you, coming out of the building, and none of the wrestlers, and I say none, but putting all joking aside, 99% of all wrestlers did not do this. But me and probably 1% of the wrestlers, when they came out of the back of the building in the heyday of wrestling, I'd go over the fences and I would sign autographs. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that, and, they, and, my, and Luger and Sting and those kind of guys try to tell me, the problem with that is, no matter what, you're still going to be the bad guy because you've yeah. got to walk away from the fence. You can't sign everybody. Yeah. No matter how hard I stayed there, no matter how long I stayed at that fence, with stinging them, blowing the horn at me, as soon as you <laughs> turn, you get guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. You sign this. I can't believe that. You suck. I'm like, dude, I've been standing here an hour, midnight. <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't give a shit. Oh, you suck. that. Well, I'm like, oh, my God, dude, I can't win, you know. 
So it really uh, is, honestly, a great example. That's exactly yeah. how it is. One bad experience, that will sucks. You know, yeah. like, wait a Absolutely. minute. Damn, it's time 20 hours goes here for you, buddy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's kind of a sad thing. It really is, especially talking on the subject. You know, Sting and I were truthfully the two longest runs there consecutively. Yeah. Sting came in before me. That's the WCW turn. And I accidentally get hired. But regardless, on paper, me and Sting are the actual longest-running WCW guys. We never switched ships. We never jumped over. Uh, they, just, they just always uh, kept took care of us, so we stayed WCW the whole time. That's crazy. And that's pretty yeah. rare in our business, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, r- real quick, um, and then we're going to get into what's going on today. I, I, I got to ask you this because I've been reading about this for years. You've been asked over and over this question, and you've answered it. And it seems, even though you can answer it a, a thousand times, people still uh, don't get it through their head. Um, you, you had a you had a real short stint in WWE. Um, right. Why don't people get why you've answered this question already? Why why isn't it like you know sticking with them that you still don't know the reason why? You were let go from WWE. And- I, 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 I think you. I think you just answered the question, yeah. and that's. I think. I think because uh, how I've always put it, the answer is at the best. If you had a job today, and mm-hmm. you were flipping burgers at McDonald's, and uh, the manager walked up and fired you, yeah. And if you've got any dignity at all, you would want to know why you're getting fired from McDonald's. Absolutely. And then. If that- if that boss told you, he didn't tell you why. Mm-hmm. Even though it was McDonald's, it would bother you. Absolutely. You would want you would want you go, sir. Please, I mean, tell me, tell me what I did wrong so I can fix it in the future and, and make myself a better person. What did I do wrong? Yeah. And what hurts me the most is I don't I don't know. A I didn't do anything wrong, and mm-hmm. B if it is, why didn't they tell me? Could Marcus Bagwell? Let's say the mother thing was true. Yeah. We know the bad match is there. That's true. Let's mm-hmm. it's all let's just say it's all true. Yeah. Do you really fire a buff Bagwell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you really do that? I mean do we do we really go to that extreme? Or do we say, Hey buff, you know, this is how we do it here, this is a warning, hey, just tighten up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. you just don't fire a buff back after a 12-year career when he's 31 and in his prime of his life looks great, ready to go, healthy, looking good. They <laughs> simply took away 15 years of my life, and it was crucial years, brother. And it was on the basis of lies. And Jim Ross led the train. And it was wow. my mother called to get me off show. And somehow or another, that stuck like glue. Yeah. And but like my point is, switch gears and then okay, let's say that's true. You know, mm. it's not. Let's say it is. Do you still fire buttons? Mm. Or do you tell me tell his mother to quit calling the damn phone? You know, <laughs> you don't fire a button over that. Yeah. You know, you just say, hey, don't do that no more. Like I've all like that happens, and you move on in life. Yeah. So they tried to make it seem that way, and. And it was just, I think, you know, we knew, me and Booker knew in Tacoma, Washington. Mm -hmm. Why are we main event number one? Two, why are we doing this when next week is Atlanta? Yeah. Why do the invasion in Tacoma, Washington, so we can wait until we can do it in in Atlanta? Ted Turner's backyard. You put Booker T and Buck back in Atlanta now, you got a hell of a match. Oh, yeah, especially you at the height of yours Booker and Booker's T career right there. Yeah. yeah, you put both back on Booker T at Tacoma, and you're going to get shit on. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think that was part of their plan. I think they wanted to see us get, you know, get 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 the, get the, get the booed, and we did, brother. And it was brutal. I mean, Stacey Keebler guy came out. She got booed. Arn and Stucker. Yeah. But believe it or not, this is something I don't know. At the mm-hmm. end of the match, WWF at the time, WWF, they actually took the blame. They came to us and said, hey, guys, don't worry about it. It's our fault. Pat Patterson does the main events yes. in WWF, WWE. Mm-hmm. And 
But our balls was Johnny Lord Nuggets. Mm-hmm. So Johnny thought that Pat wanted to do the main event. And Pat thought Johnny was doing it since he was running the WCW guys. Yeah. So nobody from any power, there was no finish room, there was no going over nothing. We just kind of got told that Steve, that Steve and, you know, that Kurt were going to hit the ring and kind of do something at the end. We didn't really know, and he didn't really ask, and we were main event. We just were kind of whispering, like, what's going on? You know? mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's main event. So, yeah. you know, we just went along with it, but we knew in our hearts that something was up. Definitely. And then when, when Jim called me and said, hey, Buff, take care of your head for the you know, weekend rest. Don't worry about it. And we'll, we got big plans for you on Monday. Yeah. Well, I, I stayed home and rest, which turned into my mom called and got me out of it, supposedly. And, <laughs> but he called told me to stay home and rest. And then I really I really bit in. I mean, I thought, okay, this makes sense. I mean, you know, I showed him I, I, showed him I didn't, I wasn't hurt. I wrestled with a hurt head. I had 20 stitches in my head for me and, you know, Shane Helms' deal, and which we're friends now and everything. But with that yeah. test, I had. 20 stitches in my head. I wrestled a house show hurt. Didn't tell him. Mm-hmm. I, wrestled, I wrestled Booker that night with 20 stitches. Didn't tell him. Used my doctor. Didn't complain. I used my money. And then they called and said, hey, we appreciate you doing that. Take the weekend off wrestling. Why would I cancel drives for me and then, you know, two weeks into being and trying to fit into the WWF? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. But yeah. They came up with the mom thing, and I clapped on RFK video. I stood up and clapped. I was like, congratulations. I mean, it worked. People believe it still do. So good plan, good job. What upsets me is Jim lying about it because not that so much he's trying to lie and it's my word against his. If he's telling the truth, like you said, and I like Mark and I wouldn't do this, well, let's rewind a couple of years when the round table thing you did. Yeah. just drilled me, you know, on, and everybody jumped in to, you know, to drill me. But Jen led the, led the locomotive on that and drilled me about, you know, me and who I was, just the trouble and all that. You know, me and Jim were tight, tight at WCW. Mm-hmm. Loved athletes. And I was football, baseball, and young and athletic, and he loved yeah. that stuff, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what happened, but uh, it was really bizarre. And when you get released from a, you know, a hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollar job, it really does hurt. You know, it's a lie. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Jeff, you wanted to ask uh, Buff something? Uh, yeah. The um, the nickname Buff uh, was that uh, something of your creation or something they got from the um, from the writers? Because it was great. Buff Bag was a perfect name. Uh, who it, came up it, with it? That? Really. It really was a great name, and I can't take credit for it. But I can tell you exactly how it came down. We um we got we were trying to think of something because you know the rock was coming out and the stone cold and everything, you know. And I always hated being called Marcus Alexander. Right, was my real name, but I just, you know I just wanted to be something else. You know, I just wanted to be a cool name. And we're coming home one night from Seattle, Washington, we're all sitting first class talking and having some drinks. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's jumping out trying to figure out, you know, something that Buff can you know, use to, you know, for a, for a name. Marcus can use for a name. And, and we're throwing names around and everything. And all of a sudden, in the back of the room, the first class, first class, I hear, what about Buff? And it was Nick Patrick. As soon as he said that, wow. needless to say, there was not another name mentioned. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> went, oh, my God. It's a fit. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. So I went straight home and airbrushed everything, buff Bible, and buff salty my brother, buff the stuff. Yeah, well, it's it stuck, man, and it's uh, it's it's what you're known for now. So um, let's yep. go a little bit back, um, you know, prior in your career when you were with Scotty doing the American Males gimmick. Um, I I, I remember hearing a lot of things because this is before. You know, all the internet stuff was taken off, and you know, you you would have to call people on phones and talk to them and tell them, hey, switch over from back and forth. But we, I used to hear people all the time talking about how you and Scotty, good wrestlers, but the gimmick just it 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 wasn't it wasn't good from like the casual male standpoint. Like any time American males came on, it was like, okay, here oh, we go, the every, American every males. Dude, like, 
in our guts, you know. Yeah, exactly. So now when you went and changed off and you started, you know, you, you jumped into the whole uh, New World Order thing, do you think that's when the casual male wrestling fan really started to, like, support your career and really started digging you at that point? I think it had nothing to do with the switch over. Well, kind of a combination. The combination of me switching over is what me think of the buff character. So, and yep. me changing my different personality. Mm-hmm. But the personality change and the buff, cocky character of the, the laughing and I'm buff and I'm the stuff and look at me, look how great I look. All that was funny and entertaining and I think I want the man crowd. And when I and when I won the men's crowd, then I had they were it was cool for their chicks to think I was cool too. And yeah. they wasn't like, Oh, that 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 fag or look at he's he's look at that pretty boy or whatever the rumor they were to say. Instead it was like they dug me too and that's the only resident here to try to find something. Yeah. You know, you're, the guys have fun with and the girls and the guys, I mean I get more tweets and stuff from if I go to a club somewhere the dudes were mm-hmm. only than the guys and the girls because they had more fun watching me and they were college kids and they remember <laughs> me and that was the changeover from the soap opera turning to, to guys watching our shows and I watched the fans change from the front row was women to the front row was college kids guys yes. and so it was the man soap opera and here this big gimmick we come up with which is the new world order that's going mm-hmm. to be the ultimate of all time ended up being the biggest baby faces of all time. So there was a big tide changing we didn't know was coming. And it was the beards and black jeans and dark uh, that was supposed to be a hundred years all of a sudden was cool and everybody liked it and dug the NWO and it made Sting and Lex and those kind of guys like Dallas Page or WCW baby faces, it made those guys the heels. Because mm-hmm. there's got to be a yay, there's got to be a boo for a match. And when yeah. there's a yay and a boo, you got you got a match, but you got to have both, you know. So it just um, it it makes it made it tough for them. So you had Sting digging for the the crow gimmick and you know trying to switch his gears. So everybody was switching gears and trying to you know find that niche again to to be popular. And yeah. it was a tough time for the WCW guys because mm-hmm. we didn't expect that. NWO mm-hmm. was supposed to be heels. And yeah. instead, everybody loved us. So yeah. it really changed a lot of things. Well, and I, and I think that's when everybody really started because you see it more now. I, You know, we, we were talking about it earlier. We did our top five lists here. And I said, you know, Ted DiBiase was one of my favorites growing up. But back then, you really didn't support the villain. It was just unheard of. Now it's you know what more people like the villains than they do like the good guys and I think right. the Dog really started that whole thing off I really do it really it really did it really did I mean it really started that um, I said we did everything you're supposed to do as a villain we had beards we had earrings we were cocky we you know we beat people up we sneak out and beat them up things you're supposed to get booed about we got yeah. cheered for. Mm-hmm. You know, and we didn't know what to do. We would try to cut, you know, heel interviews and dog everybody out. And it did start heelish with the stuff in the ring and the booing and everything. But then slowly it turned to, you know, they dug it. They dug us coming out kicking everybody's ass. And, you know, and then, you know, then Sting came down with the crow and the helicopter gimmick and, you know, from the buildings and the rafters. And so that worked, too. And, you know, yeah. so it was just it just worked, man. It was just one of those things that worked. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What was your favorite, let's say, moment slash gimmick in your wrestling career? Was it the NWO? Was it the, you know, Stars and Stripes? Was it Vicious and Delicious? What was, like, the best time you had during your career in WCW? First of all, let me say that I really, really, really did enjoy all of them. I'm not saying Mm. that, you know, I mean, Mm. happy meeting. I am going to have an answer to which one was the best, but I do want to say that because I did have a great time. I was world champion with every one of my partners. Every mm-hmm. one of them. Now, I'm not trying to ask for a pat on the back, and I'm not going to get one. I'm not asking <laughs> for money, and I'm not going to get any of that either. I'm <laughs> telling you a fact, and the fact is that I know, I've begged somebody to prove me wrong because I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I think maybe. I'm, I, and, the, and the number gets mixed up a little bit, but I'm sure of the, of the, 
guys I was watching. And I'm sure of how many there were. And to my best knowledge, it is hmm. six. I can it's, it's six world titles. It's seven world titles. Six hmm. different Wow. And for me to go from six different partners, the partners would have been, remember, would have been Tuco Scorpio. Yes. It was American Bells. It was mm-hmm. Stars and Stripes. In order, it was Scorpio, Mar- uh, Stars and Stripes, American Bells. Um, and why the numbers are all point is being uh, Patriots uh, were world champions twice. So, yes. but one, three, and then it was, um, uh, after that, me and Steiner did it, and then me and Luger, and then me and Shane Douglas. I don't even remember it. But I've got a picture right now of me and Shane Douglas wearing the world titles. Wow. Jeff Jarrett on our shoulders, and he's got the world title in his hand in 91. So, me mm-hmm. and Shane Douglas, right toward the end there, had a little bit of run there with real world champions. So, yes. I'm pretty sure it's seven, and, and and that to do that, bro, is a big deal because it's not like my partners were all the same. They were very much different. I mean, you've got you know, Lex Luger and Scotty Riggs. They're not even close. You've got Scotty Riggs and Tuco They're not even close to the same. You've yeah. got the Patriots and Tuco They're not even close. So mm-hmm. my point is, I'm not that kind of back on this listing a fact, I had to make that adaption to make it work to chemistry. Don't get me wrong, they did their part too, but I knew my part. My mm-hmm. part was to sell and give the big man the tag. And mm-hmm. a lot of guys have problems with the little man to sell. I don't care about that. I would still love the stuff mm-hmm. and all that. I didn't mind selling and give the big man the tag for our team to further along. And I was willing to do that part to sacrifice that, and I became friends with all of them. And we all became world champions. That's awesome. That's great stuff. Really good stuff. All right, so uh, before we uh, let you go tonight, we got to ask um, you for our listeners' sake, what's next for Buff Bagwell? What's going on in your career right now? Right now what's going on, man, is we really are just completely like beside ourselves how fire right now with that I work for a company called APS Nutrition as you can check mm-hmm. out uh, my my handle for Twitter is Mark Buff Bagwell everything else across the board is Marcus Buff Bagwell uh, Facebook um, Instagram my website that's under construction which will be up in about a month be thanks Marcus Buff Bagwell so, you know, we're just really babysitting that. We're getting that really going. And then meanwhile doing that, I've got, you know, my talent agent. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with Joy Purpose, which is the, the Jay Purpose talent agency, which Kevin Nash is with, and mm. uh, Big John Caps with, and uh, several actors are with them from Atlanta. Atlanta's a real big city now with that. So I'm just trying to kind of, you know, Check it all out. In the meantime, I, I'm, I'm still, of course, doing the wrestling and signing autographs. So, in the next month, I'm going to have a calendar to show all my stuff. But we're really, really trying to transfer into something, you yeah. know, uh, that's one dimension. Just whether it's, you know, lucky enough to get a chance to go work for Vince again as an announcer, or lucky enough to, you know, sign some kind of deal where I can wrestle. I'd love to do something to be part of the WWE, of course. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's a long shot. I know what it is. But still, it's out there. And there's a possibility. You, never, you know, never know. But really, what I really want to do is just focus on my acting part. My main right. Just really, really focus on that. I've been going to a lot of, you know, casting calls and stuff. And just mm-hmm. right now, I had a, a total shoulder replacement surgery 15 weeks ago. Oh, wow. So, just now getting thing, and I believe it or not, I actually held off pretty good. I took a picture of myself today. Which you know, it's, it's yeah. not like I used to look by, you know, the means of being 46 now and having a total shoulder replacement 15 weeks ago. It's 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 pretty impressive. I was very happy. You know, it's just uh, uh, 
just try to get back in shape so I'm ready for anything we come up with right now is to keep my segment. And then once the shoulder's back 100%, just try to see what, what's out there to follow right now. You know, I want to, there's a, there's a podcast, a um, uh, guy that really wants me to do a big podcast. Uh, there's several little um, things where people, it, it seems to all be going to hacking for about five weeks. Now, That's great. Can I make money and pay the bills doing that? I'm not sure yet, but it's definitely something we're going to, you know, That's look into, awesome. try to switch over from A to B. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great stuff, man, and we wish you absolutely nothing but the best. We'd love to have you back on here in the future, and, uh, you know, let's 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 connect again, and thank you for uh, coming hey, with us hey, tonight. Any time at all, I love doing this stuff. That's one thing that, you know, I really want to stress is I want to thank you guys for doing this. I, and I do people understand that, you know, when I do talk and I do talk on these kind of things, as you guys know, I, I don't get paid to talk. This, I, I'm here. I'm here to talk because, you know, I I, I, I love this and I love talking to people. I love expressing it. Mm-hmm. If people can hear that in my voice, that they don't they don't know me, and, and I enjoy it. And I enjoy you guys asking me, and I just want to tell you, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. Thank you so much, Buff, and we'll be talking to you real soon, man. Hey, let's stay in touch. Definitely. Take care. See you guys too. That was uh, former WCW and WWE wrestler Buff Bagwell. Really humble guy. Great stories from him tonight. Uh, really good stuff, Jeff. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's got a lot of good stories. I mean, it's, you know, every time you talk to somebody uh, from the past in wrestling, you always get these, these cool little anecdotes and you get these cool background stories about, you know, some of the people they hung out with, some of the people they wrestled, and Buff's got a lot of them. So, Jeff, what do you think? we got to get him back on again, huh? Absolutely. We could do a whole hour full of those stories, and you can keep going. Great stories, and uh, tough thing to hear how a guy at his height was uh, let go. Kind of sad, but outstanding. You know, Great having and, you. And that's what, you know, what when you, when you look at it and the whole acquisition of WCW, I mean, that really killed, to me, that really killed the wrestling business. I know it's still going somewhat strong, but for the casual wrestling fan who grew up on this stuff, you miss the multiple franchises. You know, you, you miss... The WCW, you missed the ECW, you missed the WWE, you know, WWF and the whole Monday Night Wars and, you know, being able to call up your buddy and say, are you watching Raw or Nitro? I'm watching Nitro. Well, put on Raw real quick and get to see what's going on. And you see somebody defecting from WCW over to WWF and vice versa. I miss those days, man. I really do. Wrestling is just not the same anymore. And we had so many more questions that we want to ask Buff, uh, but we'll have to do that uh, in the real near, near future. Um, let's talk a little bit about Monday's show. We got a, a, a good show coming up on Monday, and we're going to be joined by Donica Knight talking about her newest EP. You can't can't buy a Southern girl. She's doing a, uh, I believe she's having her album release party tonight, if I'm not mistaken. But she's going to be joining us to talk a little bit about her music, her newest album. And we're going to play some of her music right here on The Stoop. And then Thursday, March 24th, more wrestling talk. We're going to be joined by one half of probably one of the greatest tag teams ever, and that's Stevie Ray of the Harlem Heat. He's going to jump on. We're going to talk a little bit about WCW, just like we did with Buff tonight. We're going to talk about Harlem Heat as a tag team and what Stevie Ray is up to now, man. Are you looking forward to those shows, Jeff? Absolutely. Um, contrast from one from one guest to the next, but that's what we love here. Uh, pretty uh, girl with a country uh, music thing, and then the big bad Stevie Ray. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It was uh, great stuff. I mean, you know, just uh, being able to, you know, we talk music, we talk sports, we talk movies, which is what we love. But then when you really get into stuff that we grew up on, being professional wrestling. And having somebody like Buff Bagel on with us, who we've watched him pretty much his entire career, and then we get Stevie Ray on as well, who we watched pretty much his entire career. It's just it's it's really cool to be able to get to talk to these people. I know in the past we had George the Animal Steel on here with us, and that was a phenomenal show. Really cool story about that was I reached out to uh, George the Animal Steel, and uh, I didn't hear back from him for about a couple of days, and then I get a phone call one morning, and I pick up. And somebody says, is this Jonathan Ragus? And I said, yes, it is. How can I help you? He goes, 
this is Jim Myers. And I said, <laughs> okay. And he goes, you don't know who I am, do you? And I said, not at the top of, not off the top of my head. Can you help me here? He goes, well, you might know me better as George the Animal Steel. And I went, oh, 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 how you doing, Mr. Myers? What's going? So he was laughing. He was laughing. He was he was a great great interview. Um, we got to do that here before we relaunched the program and. Uh, Myself and uh, Brecklin Daniel from WrestleChat.net, we were able to uh, host that show and have a really, really great time with George the Animal Steel and also with our good friend, uh, the owner of Wildcat uh, Sports down in New Orleans, the Southern Stomper, Luke Hawks, also came on that show. Um, Got to thank both of them. Great times. But, yeah, we're going to get into a little bit more stuff. As we continue this show, we're going to get some more wrestlers on. We're talking to other wrestlers. We're talking to other athletes. We're talking to other musicians. Actors, actresses, you name it. As we can get dates for you, that's when we'll announce it and bring them on. We don't want to tell you names, and then unfortunately it falls through because you know that happens uh, happened with this past Monday show. So we're not going to really say much until it's all set in stone. So yeah, Monday, um, country singer Donica Knight's going to be here on the 21st, and then on the 24th, WC, former WCW wrestler Stevie Ray, one half of the Harlem Heat. So. We want to thank Buff Bagwell again for joining us, and you can follow him on Twitter at Mark Buff Bagwell, M-A-R-C Buff Bagwell, and he's got 17.9 thousand followers. So he's he was off a little bit. He said 14 thousand. So that might that might have just happened. Who knows? You know. But that's insane. I mean, he's got a video up there from four hours ago being in the gym for a guy who's just coming off a complete shoulder surgery and being 46 years old. He looks better than me, and I'm 33. So. It's crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So once again, thanks to the man, Marcus Buff Bagwell, for joining us tonight. So for Jeff the Shark Perini, who's sunburnt and back from Florida, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We'll see you all Monday night. See you Monday, folks. <laughs>